Mr. Mark Selby, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well, Mr. Matthew Gordon. I'm sorry I missed you in Cape Town last week, but uh, I had some other things going on, which uh, didn't yeah. allow me to make the trip. So good, good. Well, that's why that's why we're going to be talk- talking about uh, talking about it a little bit today. Um, a little bit more when I see you in um, Cape uh, Cape Town in Toronto. Um, the one thing I did um, get from uh, Cape Town was a suntan, so it's not all bad news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, makes makes me stand out a little bit out here on the slopes. I'm in Sweden at the moment with the family, so um, a little bit colder, so minus 15. But what can you do? Right, we are going to talk a little bit about the market today. Get an update on uh, what's happening and why, um, and some company news um, as well. So we're going to romp through a few um, companies and maybe you can give us a little update on what you've been doing as well. So. Markets first. What do we need to know? Sure. So since the last time we talked towards the end of January, you know, we've continued for the large, for the most part to trade in that $16,000, $17,000 ton range that we've been since mid-December. Again, you know, we talked last time about the whole bottoming, you know, the, all the news flow uh, from a capitulation point and some more capitulation, um, you know, this week as well. Uh, again, starting to see that it, those inventories climb up as as some of that surplus does make it, you know, into the exchange inventories. Again, fraction of what people are calling for, and we've talked about it many times. We'll talk about it today. Um, we're in the quiet period right now. This is Chinese New Year. You know, the, it's officially you know, weak, but basically the whole country kind of slows down uh, for a few weeks. Um, we've seen a few bumps below sixteen thousand, um, but they've been relatively short lived. I actually thought we might go all the way back down to 15,400. Still a tiny chance, but with the price action that we've seen in the last few days here, you know, we're moving back up into that 16,500 range. You know, what some of the chatter is, is, you know, the EV restocking, you know, that I said was going to sort of turn this market. They're actually seeing the EV supply chain continue to buy through Chinese New Year. So that's, you know, that's a good sign and a good sign that, you know, this, this restocking, is happening and again once we get clear of chinese new year towards the end of february you know we'll start to see you know what that really is going to look like in in earnest so fingers crossed a few green shoots um and we'll see whether they whether they continue to grow right okay and obviously evs one um side of the coin the other side is obviously um infrastructure um built out um what what do we know about what's happening in china or or indeed europe and, and the U.S. Yeah, so the, the key here in terms of, uh, you know, stain, the, the other big part of the market still is is stainless, you know, and again, we saw, um, you know, lots of negative news all year, economically, interest rate rising and so forth. But, you know, again, in China, um, you know, we saw overall stainless demand grow by 13%. Uh, the highest nickel containing grades, 300 series grow by, grew by 11% last year. You know, that was offset with some shrinkage. Um, in, in North America and Europe, again, some destocking going on there. But uh, again, once the EV cycle turns, nickel start, prices start to move, you should also see uh, a stainless restocking rally. And uh, again, you know, on track, I think, for you know, more than double digit demand growth, um, you know, through the coming coming year. Again, the, the kind of capitulation news that we've seen for the last bit just, just helps reinforce that you're, you are close to a bottom um, and, uh, you know, Again, sort of supportive of what what I think will happen through the course of 2024. You know, as we move back up towards 20,000 bucks a ton by year end. Right. Okay. We, you know, we're obviously very, very, very much interested in you know the equities side of things. These junior companies need to um, work out a plan of how they navigate what has been quite a tricky market the last 
three years for precious metals and yep. battery metals even you know been hit a little bit over the last sort of uh, couple of years as well and nickel especially so um you know last year where we sort of it, a few, a, a few uh, peaks and a few troughs, uh, shall, yeah. shall we say. And you've explained the, the rationale in, in terms of that why, why the market is driving it that way. But for the companies themselves, it's really, really important to work out the financing. Financing, if you're an explorer, just to be able to keep drilling. For developers to be able to kind of show and prove up that um, they will be able to get this thing over the line economically and obviously um, into, into production. You put out some news um was it earlier this week? Was it end of last uh, week? Earlier it was the week. end of last week. End of last week. Was it the end of last week? Yeah. You know, which, you know, is, is another kind of step in terms of the development and, and uh, you know, hopefully you know, allows you to get into production. Um, tell us a little bit about that because I want to talk to you about how you kind of package up um, the numbers, the, 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 the money, as it were. But uh, let's start with that bit first. Yeah. So, so the key thing, you know, we're lucky to sort of be at the sort of the end of, end of the process where we're moving towards production. And, um, you know, for those of us in this space, you know, despite all the negative noise, you know, there is no slowdown from the car companies. In fact, it's accelerating in terms of, you know, we need clean, green, you know, IRA compliant nickel, you know, that can uh, be sold into North America and, and, and Europe. And we would like it as soon as possible, uh, please. Um, governments, I was just in Ottawa yesterday and had an excellent day, you know, with, with the various departments there, you know, they want, you know, they've, they promised the battery companies that, you know, Ontario and Canada was a great place to build battery plants because, you could have a fully integrated supply chain from the mine all the way through. So, you know, as one of the few new big mines that can come online before the end of the decade, you know, the, you know, the, uh, you know, we're not quite there yet, but you, you will see a bunch of announcements, you know, as, as the year progresses in terms of, you know, support uh, on that front. The announcement last week was really about the missing link. You know, the most mining companies really focus on just producing that first whatever that first product is that they can produce and they worry about, you know, the rest of the value chain showing up and, and doing what it's doing. Um, the reality in the nickel space is, you know, unlike copper and zinc, where you've got lots of smelters, there's benchmark terms, you know, if you don't really even think about the downstream, you know, nickel really only has a handful of nickel smelters globally. And, you know, they almost effectively like work like an oligopoly. Um, and so it's, it's always made it challenging for new standalone mines to really, um, you know, develop in a way and capture a good chunk uh, of the value. So, you know, what we announced yesterday, uh, again, there's an arc starting with our company back in 2020, when we created the net zero metal subsidiary and said, you know, that subsidiary is going to take care of processing our material. And, and, you know, we believe it can deliver, you know, a net zero carbon product to the market. We all, you know, went to the extent of trademarking some of those terms. So, you know, for, for two plus years, we've been working in the background on, on getting this launched. And so uh, we announced with the press conference uh, in Timmins last Thursday, we had the provincial minister of mines speak. We had the mayor of Timmins speak. We had one of the local First Nations communities, you know, speak on the project. If you want to get the, it's, the link is on the website. If you want to hear from them, what they think about the project and, and what we're doing, you know, uh, that's there. But we announced we're going to, through a multi-phase expansion, get to be the largest nickel processing facility in North America that can take not only our feed, but a range of other feeds using proven technology that has a low environmental uh, footprint. 
And then as well, we have our magnetite concentrate that has some chrome and nickel in it that, you know, it wants to go into the stainless alloy sector and we are going to help it there and build a plant uh, in Timmins to do it. And again, from both those facilities, any carbon emissions that are generated, we can take them right back into our tailings and make them a net zero process. So we've got a bunch of interest, you know, in, in both of those um, um, plants as well, and particularly because they can be net zero carbon and people are looking for ways to decarbonize that stage of production. And most critically from the governments, you know, again, yesterday in Ottawa, the fact that we can deliver this extra, this missing link that no one's talking about building in North America uh, uh, to any extent, you know, it's exactly what the market needs, exactly what the government's needs. And so, you know, again, it's a, it's a, it's a very exciting time. And we put a team together. Mike Cox ran Inco's operations for uh, 30 years, uh, ran their global refinery network for a good chunk of that. And so, uh, built a team. We've got one guy uh, from Korea, another guy from Japan who's worked in and built or operated these facilities, type of facilities before. And, you know, they're, they're there to help, you know, um, you know, take, take this project forward uh, for us. So. Okay. So all, all moving ahead for you guys, they say you're advancing towards that, you know, um, decision about how this thing gets built, how it gets funded to be built. And, 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 and like I say, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, now, now you've got, you know, Anglo-American on board, then um, in, in no, no quick order, in double hour of time, uh, Agnico Eagle, and then Samsung, I guess that was the thing people got excited about just for um, Christmas. Um, is the money is critical to this, you know, because it's a big, big, big project. So I'm, I'm really, really interested in the kind of the, gov the government's angle here and how they um, can help you. So when you, when you talk about, government departments you know looking at things like this what what do they what are they looking for what you know what problem are they capable of solving for the companies and what what problem are the companies solving for for them so yeah so the big the big thing for us is because we are moving very very quickly before and we were relatively early in the critical mineral space in terms of the current wave you know we were sort of ahead of where the government funding programs were so we really weren't able to tap into some of the money that was available, you know, they have now, you know, kind of caught up to where we are. And so both on the mine perspective and on, the, on this downstream processing plant, you know, there is money to help support engineering studies. Uh, you know, there is money to help support, um, you know, the actual, you know, starting of construction. You know, there's, there's different funding vehicles that can provide different chunks of capital to help you get through the various phases. And so, you know, we've put a bunch of applications in towards the end of last year, and, and we expect as the year goes on, you know, we should start to see some of those funding announcements, you know, which will help cover a large portion of those costs, you know, um, as as we move move through the year. So, you know, we're, we're you know, super helpful on that front. And then on the overall construction financing, uh, you know, again, the, the tax credits, the refundable tax credits themselves will provide a minimum of 30% in terms of the critical minerals and then 50% for the carbon capture and storage. Uh, and so, uh, in, and then there's a whole alphabet soup of other programs uh, that uh, can provide funding in, through different vehicles. So, you know, we're quite confident that between the government and the potential offtake partners, you know, that, you know, as I said before, this is, you know, one of these once in a generation opportunities you know, where you can get get a lot of very low cost capital to do what you need, you know, to build a business that is going to last for decades. And again, I don't I still don't think the market's woken up to the fact, you know, and again, Electra, um, 
uh, early this week uh, or in the last week announced, you know, they've got a project that's about $60 million Canadian and they got another $5 million from the Canadian government to help them complete the construction of their of their refinery um, in the area. And so, you know, again, that's seven to eight percent of the capital that they need to build the project. So, you know, that's, you know, that, that's one small example, but it's an example, you know, you know, the start of the work, you know, that the government's doing to really support the sector in, here in Canada. Right. And, and I, I know you've got the kind of like the, the first mover advantage, as it were, in terms of the, you know, the, the kind of green, greenfield um, companies coming through, you know, they're, they're obviously there's an existing, existing e- uh, ecosystem out there and you, 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 uh, you know, that your, your reason is, you know, big, big in mining, et cetera. But as, a, as one of the newbies coming through, are you having... Are you going to be able to, or are you having conversations with departments which are not learning on the job, but have a have a really firm, strong idea of how to get these things done, come up with solutions, and work with you to get them over the line, or is it just is that first mover advantage possibly going to work against you because they're not quite there yet? And how does it work? Yeah, I would say to be honest, for the first three or four years of our existence, that first mover. Um, was almost a disadvantage. The speed at which we were going was faster than they could get the programs in place. And you know, obviously, you know, as as you get towards feasibility study, you know, things start to slow down a little bit. And so, the nice thing is now now the programs are there, and and we're largely in sync with that. We'll still, you know, we'll be one of the first recipients of a bunch of these the money that these groups will be giving out. But the good thing is, you know, we're now <laughs> the the window is open. And we're now at the front of the line, you know, to basically be able to get some of, of, of that capital out of that window. Right. So I, I didn't mean it, mean it sound like the same, the same question in a different way. It, it's more about not necessarily, you know, is the money there? Is are the people behind that money really clear about the types of structures that can get done? Or are they still kind of working on that? Or will it be on a deal by deal basis? I mean, how liberal is the canadian government going to be or is it going to be you know is it a business transaction yeah th- no th- they i would say there are some of the funding groups that have their structures well defined there are other groups that are still working through it um and it, like everything in life sometimes the best way to figure out how to finally decide how you're going to do something is <laughs> you've got to make a decision you know in 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 the near term you know part of our message in ottawa yesterday was you know, look at we. You know, we've got uh, we're moving towards permits and a construction decision in mid twenty twenty five. You know, which is now uh, um, sixteen and a half months from now, and so we want to have the funding package in place by the end of twenty twenty four to be able to do that. So, any support you provide, you know, we would really like it. And again, they they know that, um, and you know, they 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 heard it, um, and so. Yeah, no, it was it was a it was a constructive day yesterday, and uh, again, I you know I look forward to you know seeing a bunch of government announcements for a bunch of projects. You know, there's there's a half a dozen or more good critical minerals projects in this country that deserve to get some government support, and and I think you know there's been a lot of talk for the last two years, but I think you're actually going to start to see the checks starting to fly as this year goes on. Yep, and just got to think of those jobs being created as well, So, uh, and, and, and taxes paid. Um, okay, well, look, let, let's get on to, I'm sure we'll rip, rip through some uh, Canada Nickel uh, news in detail, like I said, over the next couple of weeks, but let, let's get on some other company news. And Buxton Resources, they're at it again. Yeah, it's, it, it's a, uh, structurally looks smaller. Again, the, the 
previous uh, announcements do a great job of laying out. If you guys want to see what a good expiration announcement does, that really describes what the size of the opportunity is and, and where this particular drill intersection sits relative to the size. You know, I, I think they're excellent. Uh, unfortunately, IGO has an earn into it, so they're only going to end up with a percentage of, of it. And IGO is a massive company, so it's tough, tough to play that out. But this is really an interesting greenfield discovery that we've got very few of. So again, I would continue, uh, you know, to, to track that one going forward. Um, the other high grade result was uh, Nikan, uh, which is a company with some projects in the in the Thompson Nickel Belt. They're, the one of these projects is down towards the south end, actually very close to the Reed Mine uh, that I once owned uh, and is now closed uh, with with RNC Minerals, which is a high grade copper deposit. Um, nice shallow grade um, interval challenges. Not really, you know. They had they did have some diagrams there, but it looked like it was close to some historic drilling. Um, and again, no context of, of actually how big it could be. So a good sniff, you know, we'll have to see sort of, you know, how it, how it plays out, but, you know, a little bit of a question mark around that one. Uh, the other decent, great stuff came out, you know, Life Zone, which is the Cabanga project in Tanzania, which is, you know, the best high grade undeveloped nickel sulfide deposit, you know, because of the previous political uh, issues in, in that part of the world. Some nice step out. So. Uh, I, you know, they were being a little cheeky. There was a couple holes that had uh, just, you know, had this um, uh, target um, and they've now, they've now connected it. So it is, you know, a, a decent uh, extension. There were some other historic holes around it, but, but again, some, some decent, decent grade showing up at the bottom of the structure um, that they're, they're looking at. So um, uh, good, good grades sort of similar to what you see in a Cabanga resource. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that continues to play out. And, you know, and that's one of the projects, um, you know, that, that, that could come to market before the end of this decade. Uh, the other one that we were tracking, so they put out some pretty, pretty good, long visual, uh, some core and some, some good, you know, 30 meters of, of, you know, 3% nickel equipment sort of, you know, grading 1.8 nickel, 1.8 copper. Um, and so, um, some decent intervals. Um, they provide a verify model, which allows you to kind of spin around and so forth. But uh, again, I think it would help to tell the story to basically have, you know, what that exact thickness looks like and, and what the geometry of, of some of these shapes look like just to get ahead around of what the, the scale of the resource could be. But, you know, again, some decent, decent results. And again, sometimes where you get these structures, um, you can get some sort of thicker, higher, higher grade intervals show up. But uh, again, a little more, you know, a little more info on some of, of what that structure looks like, um, just to see how, how, you know, how big, you know, this resource, uh, could, could turn into. And again, it needs to be a decent size given, given the depth, um, that is sitting next to the, uh, existing workings. Um, so yeah, so that, that's it, uh, so far. I mean, we'll have some more, uh, next week things look like from a, from a drill perspective, starting to roll in. And as we get into, you know, we've got BMO, we've got the red cloud event and then PDAC, coming towards the end of February. So that usually, you know, people try and line up a bunch of results uh, coming through that. So uh, we'll probably have a lot to talk about in the coming weeks and uh, when we see you in Toronto. I, ho I hope so. I really do hope so. Because I think here's the big question I'd like us to be able to answer over the next few weeks is, you know, what to do some of the smaller companies do? You know, there's some, you know, good high grade, you know, sub, I'm going to say, I'm going to say sub $50 million companies, uh, some good low grade sub $50 million companies. And the problem they're going to have to solve over the next, you know, coming uh, months is how do they stay alive? 
Yeah. You know, I think you and I were um, offline, you know, swapping a, a chart, which was sort of doing the rounds a couple of weeks ago, talking about the um, money leaving the sector from 2010 through 2020, 22. I think in the UK, we went from 40 million um, invested in 40 billion, uh, 40 billion, sorry, 40 billion down to 16 billion. And then Canada went from, was it, was it 12 down to 2.8? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. <laughs> you'll yeah. you'll notice that um and it's a question of you know what's going to encourage those those companies to deploy the similar sorts of monies to that, that that they did back in you know 2010 uh once again and if not who's going to step in and step up um it's going to fill, fill that gap because um that's a lot of money and retail are not going to make up the difference it's been a very depressing period for for retail in terms of the return on their their investments so and a lot of value destroy, um, destroyed during that time. So I think smaller companies, whether it be nickel companies, whether it be you know a, a, other juniors, they're going to have to try and answer that question over the next few months. So interesting times uh, for them, and very interesting time for you know retail investors like us looking in for sure. But maybe more of that anon. Yeah, and the key piece here is, is I, I know I think the solution has to be you know sort of more real private equity capital come into this space, um, and so. Again, given where valuations today are on a bunch of assets, you know they're pretty attractive. To private equity, needs some sort of thematic to really get behind to start deploying meaning, meaningful amounts of capital in the space. And so, you know, again, the critical minerals. Again, despite all the noise and the you know what's happening short term with with EVs and so forth, you know there is a real there is a real thematic here, and potentially as well when you layer in the geopolitics. And so. You know, I don't think it's a question of of if this private capital is going to come. It's just a question of when. And, and the key thing for companies is, yeah, is just to you know maintain your capital structure. Get get try get down what you need to get done with keeping your capital structure you know as tight as possible, um, so that you know when that money does come, you know you can you know deliver some you know value per share um, at the end of the day, which is which is what matters, not not your EV. So it's really about your you know. It's your per share value that as an investor. Well, even, it, even Amazon have just worked that out, haven't they? Yeah. Value per share. <laughs> uh, and there's a thing, okay. Uh, right, okay. Well, good to speak to you. I'll let you crack on and we'll speak to you next week. Sounds good, sir.